And we're back, folks. This is the Detroiter covering sports in the Motor City and the Mitten State. I'm your host, Nick Bradley. We are presented by The Second String and thesecondstring.com. Um, I can't remember. I don't think I have anything new on there. But there's always new stuff coming out. So go check it out. I'm not sure. I think there's a mailing list. Go check it out. We're going to start doing streetwear. I know I did my like 2022 rant in the last episode. If you haven't listened to that, if you're interested in the plans and the ideas I got brewing up in this cauldron of a brain for this year, go back, listen to the last episode. It came out on Monday. We get into it all. I think, yeah, it came out yesterday. We get into it all. We lay it out. We lay out the content ideas. Um, where I want to expand the content, the plans as far as like how to get more content, just listen to it. It'll be easier if you just listen to it, please. And then I didn't, I didn't really talk a ton about the shirts, but starting in January, now that football and stuff is slowing down, I want to get into, I want to do a little more streetwear stuff, like not necessarily sports related. If you don't give a fuck about sports, that's great. You don't need, that's fine. We'll make something for you too. That's what I want to do a little more of. I still love, like, I, I like fashion. I like the art, like graphic art, like t-shirts, streetwear. I don't know why. I don't I don't know why, to be honest with you. It catches my eye. I enjoy looking at it. I enjoy making it. So we're going to do more stuff like that. Anybody can wear it. You like shit that looks cool? Bang. We got something for you. Yeah, it may have the logo. Yeah, it might say the second string. I'll tell you this, though. It's going to look fucking cool. Just, just let me, let me help you help me help you this one time. So go check that out today. I guess we'll talk a little bit about, um, the natty Georgia beat Alabama and a pretty good game. Actually, what started as an absolute clunk fest snoozer. Nobody wanted to be there. Nobody even looked like they wanted to play much less watch. It kind of turned into a good one. And the second half was great. It was back and forth. Georgia answered the bell a couple times. Alabama was answering the bell. I mean, yeah, it was back and forth. There's nothing really else to say about it. They struggled to find the end zone, both teams, in the first half. That was not a problem in the second half. They were trading blows. Stetson Bennett, every time you thought, you know, that he's going to be the difference. This is where Stetson Bennett comes into play. Every time you you kind of – they came to a moment like that, Georgia – he figured it out. He made throw after throw. He made a few unbelievable ones. The one long ball uh, touchdown was fucking, I mean, an absolute dime. Like one of the best throws I feel like I've ever seen. It was perfect. So he made that throw when the chips were down. It, it was time and time again. And the crazy thing is Bryce Young was making throws too. That play at the goal line where he scrambles and then threw across his body to Latu, the tight end. That was sick, dude. That was fucking disgusting. Like th- these guys were both making plays. Both teams were making plays. Both defenses were running around like like it was anti gravity, dude. Like some of these guys, Will Anderson, um, the Kobe Dean for Georgia, Jordan Davis made a few plays. Like these dudes just move at a different speed, bro. Like it's crazy to watch them because you know how when you watch pro sports. For the most part, you can kind of tell. You're like, oh, wow, yeah, these these guys are better. These guys are better than the college guys. Hockey, so easy. Baseball, so easy. Basketball, so easy. Football, so – football, I'd say football is probably the hardest. Like, I, I feel like they look as close speeds as any of the others. Like, dude, if you watch the NHL and then you watch college hockey, it's actually 
it's like you're watching the NHL and then watching high school kids. Like they're not even playing the same game. Baseball, you look at some what some of these pitchers can do. You look at the average college guy, it's not the same. It certainly isn't the same. It it looks like cricket to baseball. NBA, I feel like, is just fucking 10 guys get to play in the NBA out of college every year. Like, for real. Like, 10 guys maybe get minutes. It's The NBA is absurd, the change. Football, you can kind of – it's like, oh, I don't know. These guys are moving pretty fast. Like, these guys are – there's some big hits. That guy looks strong. Things Like, it looks a little bit closer. Watching that game last night, Georgia and Alabama, you get that feeling of pro to amateur – but within colleges, like watching them, I'm sitting there going, oh, this isn't really what Michigan State looks like. <laughs> when we play defense, people don't move this fast. When we play defense, like the hits don't sound like this. It was, it really was. It really was to that point. To Michigan State's credit, of course, I'm going to bail out my dogs. To MSU's credit, that game against Michigan this year, some of the hits in that game. I was texting my friend after the game. And we both like mentioned how it felt like every single tackle in that game was just a fucking knockout. Both teams were just trying to end each other. But these dudes on Georgia, these dudes on Bama, it, they really were moving at a different speed. And it's kind of fucked up. It's kind of fucked up to think about. I made the TikTok before the game like, dude, I'm whatever. Like, let's get Georgia the dub. I wanted Georgia to win just because, you know, they haven't done it in forever. We see Alabama every year. So why not? Let's go Georgia. Stetson Bennett, cool story. I like their helmets too. <laughs> I prefer their uniforms to Alabama's. I was rooting for the dogs. But at the same time, dude, it's like, ah, like Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. Like I'll t- I'd take someone else. I wouldn't hate seeing another team in there. You know what I'm saying? But then you watch them. You watch them play, and it's like, oh, okay. That's why they're here every single fucking year. Oh, that makes more sense now. And then you kind of forget the whole, well, I hate them. I wish it was someone else. And it's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. These guys figured out how to get all these dudes on a college team together. Like, these guys figured out how to create an NFL team in college. Oh, my God. I don't care that I'm tired of it being old. I don't care I'd like some some fresh blood. I can't do anything but respect this. These guys created an NFL team at the University of Georgia. Nick Saban has had an NFL team at Alabama for the last 10 years. Like, as much as I'd like to see a new team in there, I can't hate that. I can't hate the fact that these people have created fucking machines, bro. Fucking machines. And this is, I'll tell you this right now, when my mind's going, I'm not going to do it because we're going to stay on, on focus. My mind begging me to go down the Mel Tucker's building a machine at MSU fucking rabbit hole, but I'm not going to do it. But those guys, Saban, Kirby Smart, those guys have created machines. It was sick for Georgia too. 40 years or 41 years, long ass time. I would not have guessed. I didn't know the last time Georgia had or hadn't won. Well, I knew the year they hadn't won when Tua made that throw, but I didn't know the last time they won. I didn't know what their drought was. 40 years is a long fucking time. I would not have guessed 40. I mean, they've had some teams, bro. I feel like, too, they've been one of those teams where obviously, you know, the era was different before before and I, or, uh, the college football playoff. But they had, like, Stafford. 
those Aaron Murray teams, pretty good. They had a few oh-so-so years. Yeah, and then, uh, or no, no, Sean was with Stafford. And then Todd Gurley comes through, like Nick Chubb. It feels like every year for the last five years, they're that team. They're in the top 10. They're in the top five. It's them or Alabama. Like, they're fucking good very often. They're good, like, every single year, it feels like. There's a tiny bit of my memory where it's Georgia's okay. But even that, it may have been the A.J. Green years. Like, I don't even remember. They're very fucking good. And 40 years is a long, long, long-ass time. I would not have guessed that. I know there's some long ones out there, Michigan being, you know, pretty fucking long. Um, counting only consensus, consensus natties. But 40 years is a long time. So good for them. I can't even imagine what that would feel like. I was at a bar out here and there were a few Georgia fans at the bar watching the game and they were just having a day. They were just having a day. I don't know if this kid next to me, he was losing it all night. I don't know if he cried. He looked like, like I would have... I would have counted him as a suspect. If you asked me like who here is fucking crying when they win this game, I would have thrown his head in the ring for sure. I would have picked him out a lot out of the lineup. Um, he was loving it there. The other table of Georgia people that were there were loving it. Uh, Kelly Stafford is throwing up Instagrams talking about Georgia. Good game. Good day for a lot of people <laughs> that I enjoy. So I, I was happy to see it. I, I was happy to see it. The only thing is I'm sitting there like, damn, 41, that's a long drought. What states? 60s? Last time they won was in the 60s. I don't know the exact year. That's a long-ass time. That's a long-ass time. And it also got me thinking, Saban wins every year, which is just crazy. It's fucking crazy how much that guy wins. But, like, it's hard to win a natty. It's hard. There's only been, like, three different teams to do it in the last – since the playoff, like it's fucking difficult to win the national championship in football. Very challenging. Any natty, 128 teams or whatever it is in the FBS, very difficult. I still think Mel Tucker's the guy, and I can't wait to watch him try to do it. But dude, like Georgia, think about that. Georgia's been so good for so long. They've been putting guys in the NFL for so long. They've had loaded recruiting class after loaded recruiting class for so long. And they, like, they just won. They just won. Their window, their window's been cooking for so long. And they just won one. Granted, they're in the conference with Alabama, so that, you know, probably lowers their chances of getting in each year compared to an Ohio State or compared to a Clemson. But, dude, They've been good for a long ass time and they just won one. It's like, fuck, we're, we're in it for the long haul. I'm ready for Mel to win next year, bro. All right, let me take a quick break. Um, Pistons got annihilated tonight. They got fucking killed. I'm doing this Tuesday night. They got killed. I think they lost to the Chicago Bulls by like 36, 37. I mean, they got killed. I know the Bulls are good. So credit to the Bulls. I understand that the Bulls are good. I know they're first in the East, but 37. And the sad part is they've been playing pretty well. They just got Bull Bull. Um, I don't think I've talked about him yet. I can't remember if I did uh, last week. I don't think I did. I think I just did Lions last week. So we'll talk a little Bull Bull. We'll talk their little winning streak. Kate had a 29 piece in Utah. We'll talk about that. We'll do a little bit of Red Wing stuff and we'll call it a day. (laughs) 
So the Pistons have been pretty hot in their defense. In their defense, the Pistons have been cooking. And I mean, they've been cooking a little bit for regular NBA teams. For their teams, they're they're in a supernova. For for their standards, we've never seen a tear the likes of this. I mean, they cannot be stopped by Detroit Pistons standards. They've won four times. That's correct. Four times since the new Oh, nope. Nope, nope, nope. I just misread that. They've won three times. Let's correct that. They've won three times since the new year, but not even four times since Christmas. They've won three times since the new year, and they're on fire. They are three and three, not counting the Bulls game. They are three and three in the first six games of the new year, and they've never played better basketball. They did beat the Bucks. That counts double. Maybe that, yeah, that counts double because they beat the Bucks. They hadn't beat them. <laughs> They kept, they hadn't beat them in 16 games. That's why that Bucks one was so great because they didn't beat them for the four years before that. So it all makes sense. Um, they beat the Jazz, who are a solid squad. Oh, they beat the Magic, the uh, worst team in the NBA, the only team that by some miracle is actually worse than the Detroit Pistons. I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know that was allowed. I thought all those teams were like in the Euro League or in the Chinese League. I didn't know teams that bad existed. They beat them, and they beat the Utah Jazz. So that's great. And then they played the Bulls. I think the Bulls are the number one team in the East, and they got blown off. They got their doors blown off. It was terrible. I mean, I didn't watch the game. <laughs> of course, I feel like there are always people out there that are like, damn, like you got your heart broken, you, you, you watch that whole game. No, no, dude. I didn't watch it for two seconds, bro. I watched the game. Are you kidding me? I'd rather fucking assemble furniture, dog. Like I'd for real, I'd rather wash dishes, bro. I'd rather break down cardboard boxes than watch the Pistons. No offense. Uh, No offense. If Cade Cunningham, you're listening. No offense. Love you. You're the man. Can't wait to see the day where the Pistons are a draw and you are winning games. And I do want to watch and I wouldn't rather fold laundry. But for right now, I mean, you guys think, Kate, if you want to come on, if you want to clear the air, talk about how hard you guys are working, would love to have you, would love to hear what you have to say. He's probably not, though, and they stink. Let's face it, they stink. They lost by 46 tonight? 46 points? I did say 46 in a basketball game, in an NBA game where both teams get paid to play basketball. 46. Bulls are good in Chicago. 46 points. And don't in Chicago is the best it gets for Detroit on the road. You know, do you know how many Detroit fans, Detroit people live in Chicago? Do you know how many people were at that game that were Pistons fans? Like that's a good, that's a good road game. And you lost by 46. Oh guys. Oh, can't win them all. I suppose I'll hear that logic. Um, apparently not. Apparently, you can't win them all. We've known that since, like, I don't know, the third game, the second game, the first even game of the season. You cannot win them all. Cade, not great. Eight points, three assists, seven rebounds. It's tough for me to judge these players, though. Like, I know Cade cooked against Utah, but it's tough for me to judge these players because you could easily look at that. You could easily look at that and go, oh, eight, seven, and three. Like, ugh, that's a bad game. That's like not even bad. That's fucking terrible for what we need Cade Cunningham to be for us. You could easily do that. And for sure, it's not good enough. Like for sure, that will not cut the cake. But it's also 
it's you got to watch like basketball. I'm such a firm believer is a sport you got to watch. Like there are guys that that do winning things. There are guys that make plays, defensive effort, um, like just wreaking havoc on defensively, presence of mind on defense. Like, do they make smart plays? Are they doing things that like, oh, wow, that's a good idea. Like you have to be paying attention to do. You have to be locked in to think of doing. Like, do they do shit like that? Where maybe it doesn't show up on the stat sheet. Maybe they don't even force a turnover, but they're playing good defense. They're creating chaos. Like they're doing things. They're getting open looks. How many good passes turned into missed shots for Cade? Things like that, where you got to watch the game. You can easily, easily check out the stats. Hate on it. Easily. Every sport's that way. But basketball, you got to watch these guys. You absolutely have to watch these guys. I would say football, unless, you know, the wide receiver has 20 drops. QBs, probably pretty indicative of the stat line. Running backs, similar story. Um, baseball, certainly. <laughs> baseball, it doesn't – baseball, fucking all numbers. That's all baseball is number statistics. And hockey, I think hockey similar to basketball too where – Guys can do good things. It doesn't necessarily translate, but they are doing positive things. They're playing good defense. They're creating energy, scoring goals, whatever, or or helping to score goals, whatever the case is. Eight, seven, and three, though. That said, not good enough. And then, yeah, the, the game before against Utah, 29 points, eight assists, a rebound. Dude, Cade and Sadiq had 29 against Utah. That is a lethal combination. Fucking feed me a graphic. I just thought feed me one of the feed me one of those graphics that you only get when you have a big two that you only get when it's like the Splash Bros that you only get when it's Kyrie and LeBron, where it's like average average combined points per game. One of those graphics where you just have two studs who do all the heavy lifting, except make it and make the graphic with Cade and Sadiq Bay. Please give me that. Please give me that in my life. If they score 29 each, this is going to be a tough team to beat. I mean, how do you beat them if they're scoring 29 each? I don't think you do. I, I really don't. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't think you do, and that's where we need to go. We need we need it to be Sadiq and Kate fucking pulling up for at least 20 almost every night. Like, we need to get to that point. We need to get Killian chipping in for 10. We need to get Beef Stew chipping in for, like, 12 and 10. Like, we need we need to start – coming together a little bit and i say we like 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 i'm a diehard zones fan i say we like i'm gonna be there supporting them talking them up while they try to do so because i won't be and i'm not but i'd like to see the pistons do well dude like that's the other thing on the on the bull bull tiktok where i'm like making jokes how they got bull bull and it's great he's gonna help them you know continue to be the second worst team in the nba it's gonna be awesome I would like to see. I mean, I had people like, I love it how you just trash the Pistons, whatever. I'd like to be positive. I'd like to like passionately speak about the Pistons on here. I'd like to come on and actually have the interest and the wherewithal and have watched the game so I can come on and be like, dude, what, like we got to get Sadiq more touches. What's this guy doing? I don't know how I feel. Like I'd love to come on and actually talk about the game rather than talk about hypotheticals. I mean, the only time I get to talk about these guys is when someone gets fired, when someone gets hired, when they trade for a player, or when they get the number one pick. (laughs) 
That's the only time I talk about these guys. When else is it? It's not the Pistons are on fire. It's not, oh, did you see the Pistons game last? Nothing. It's not, oh, the, the way this kid's playing. Nothing. Dishes. Nothing. I'm going to be hanging from the bathroom. It was always Jersey Jerry. I, I just, I can't do it with the Pistons. I'd like to. I can't. I'd like there to be a day where Pistons basketball is appointment television. I'd like to see the city and the fan base and feel the energy of like a real Pistons playoff series where they aren't going to just get swept in four games. I'd like to feel that I'd like to go into a playoff series or play games against the Lakers against the bulls this year against Milwaukee and have a team taking the floor that I believe is going to win each and every one of those games. Having a team that as a fan, I'm going to ride with, I have the ultimate faith in them winning any game against any opponent. Like, even if they're not the best team in the league, I'd like to at least have that belief. Like even Chicago, dude. I mean, they're obviously in the standings. Statistically, they're having an incredible season. But I'd like to have that feeling. And even what they had last year, Chicago, I'd like to have that feeling of, oh, I don't know. They might do it. They, there's a way they can do it like every night. It, it just doesn't exist with them. And I need that at least. I need that at least because I'm not the biggest NBA guy to begin with. And I need that at least. I need that. Hey, there's a chance. They got what it takes. If they all, if they do what they're capable of, yeah, they can do this. Like that's what I need. And it's just not out there. And I, and I, I don't, I don't know what to do, but fortunately they got bull bull. So we can talk about that which <laughs> in turn is going to go hand in hand what I'm, I am I was just saying. I mean, what's Bull Bull? Like, he had that unreal summer league. He was a unicorn. All you saw on Twitter for like weeks was Bull Bull hitting threes. Bull Bull taking step back jumpers and fucking watering them. Bull Bull putting it on the deck and crossing up seven footers. All you saw was Bull Bull it might be the, the most hidden gem in the NBA. All you saw is Nikola Jokic just won the MVP and he might lose his starting job this year. That was it. And then he was gone. And then he pulled the greatest vanishing act since Houdini. Like, I'd never heard of him again. Until, you guessed it, the Detroit Pistons traded for him. So there were people, of people I've seen, people on TikTok, they seemed to like it. They seemed to go high risk, high reward or, or low risk, high reward where we didn't give up much Magruder. I don't fucking know who that is. And uh second round pick, which will be garbage anyway. If he turns out, he turns out it's a great trade, but he might not turn out. Everybody seems to like it. I just don't, you know, I don't dislike it. I'm not sitting here like, Oh my God, they just jeopardized the future. They just, you know, they just did this, the or the uh, Pistons. What are they doing? Are they crazy? Same old Pistons. I'm not, I'm not there with it. I'm not like upset about it. I'm just indifferent. Am I supposed to be excited? Cause there are Pistons people and fair enough. You're, you're a Pistons fan. Get excited about everything. But there are Pistons fans who are juiced up over it, who are like, yeah, dude, bull, bull. Like this will be a fun thing. Okay. I don't know. I'm, I'm out. Like, I don't know what's bull. Like he fucking didn't play ever for Denver. So that's it. I don't know. I got nothing for him. Hope he's great. Hope he turns out to be fucking Akeem Olajuwon. That'd be awesome, dude. 
I hope I look like the biggest moron on earth five years from now when Bull Bull has his fifth ring. Like I, I would love for that to become a reality. And when it does, I'll be happy. I'll be excited and I'll come on here and I'll be Mr. Bull Bull. I'll be the president of the Bull Bull fan club. And tell them though, um, I'm going to just keep turning on Seinfeld instead of the games. All right, one more break and we'll do some Red Wings and call it an evening. Red Wings lose the night. 3-2 in San Jose, overtime. Tough fucking game. Tough, tough way to lose if you watch that goal at the end. It's just tough way to go down. Very, very, very tough, especially when you're in the wings position. You're staring three losses in a row down the barrel. Granted, you got a point tonight, so, you know, it could be worse, I suppose. But it's like, ah. And to get beat on like a squeaker that gets by Nadelkovic at a weird fucking angle. And then the Nadelkovic has the trapper over it and it still gets banged home. Just ah, brutal way to lose it. It hurts. I mean, it hurts, dude. It felt like the wings needed some points tonight. And it was a perfect night to do it too. Nick Lidstrom's back as the VP of Hockey Operations. We'll talk about that a little bit. And you need points. And Larkin's out. Get one while the captain's out. Like, make him proud. It just, it's tough. It really is. I, and this team, listen, I've loved them all season. I've loved watching these guys. They've produced a ton of fun moments already. They've had a ton of fun games. Obviously, we've been very lucky. We've we've been treated with the play of these guys, Lucas Raymond and Mo Sider. Larkin's been fucking incredible when he's played. Um, Bertuzzi's been awesome. We've been lucky. We've had some guys to watch. We've we've seen people too. Like we've seen people take steps forward. I feel like we've seen whether it's his own game, whether it's Lucas Raymond joining the fray. I feel like we've seen Dylan Larkin take a step forward. Obviously, Raymond and Sider, we didn't see him much last year, but it feels like they've taken a step forward. Like they're ready to go in the NHL and they're still 19, 20 years old. Bert it feels like has taken a little bit of a step. Alex Nedeljkovic has been incredible seemingly all season long after the first start. Like he's been unreal. There's been so many revelations. There's been fun games. It feels like LCA has been rocking a little bit more than it ever has. I, I, I've said that all year. I don't know if it's, you know, I haven't looked at the attendance numbers, but it feels like watching these games that there is more energy in the arena than there's been in years past. Like, it's been a great year. There's been a lot to cheer for. There's been a lot of reason to watch. They've been fun to cheer for. It's been a lot of fun to follow, and they've been in it. They've made it worth following. They've been within you know a few points of the wild card or in the wild card or in the playoffs multiple times. Multiple times this year. They've been hanging around in the standings, and they still are, right? They still are hanging around. They're four points behind, uh, four points behind Boston for the second wild card spot, Pittsburgh, they're not going to catch. And now Columbus is even with the, or now Columbus is a little bit behind Detroit, but Detroit, we're at 37 points, 37 games played. Boston, 40 points, 32 games played. That's tough to make up. That's a tough five games in hand. And they're still up on us in points, like five games in hand. You got to bank points a night like tonight. You cannot afford to go down three or, or to lose three straight. You just can't. You can't. And then you look at Boston, or I mean Pittsburgh, 37 games played, 47 points. We're not catching them. It's starting to get to a point where it feels like 
the roller coaster's ending. <laughs> like we're getting to the end of the ride and they'll probably go on another tear at some point here. Like they'll probably have another home stretch where they win three, four in a row. I'm sure because they're, they're good enough to do it. They play well enough at home. I don't know if it's, you know, the home ice advantage. I don't know if they just have more energy at home, whatever the case is, they've clearly been better at home this year. Their record is a fucking thousand times better at home than it is on the road. And they probably will go on some more tears and I'll be drawn in. I'll be happy. I'll be excited. I'll be talking about how the playoffs are still here, but it, it's starting to feel like maybe it's slipping out of reach. And the reason I say that is because a, the way they've played at home, like you gotta play close to 500 hockey, like maybe not exactly 500, you got to play close to 500 hockey on the road and they're not even close. They're nowhere near it. They've been awesome at home. They're, they're so, so bad on the road. It just isn't sustainable. And what really gets me and it leads to why they're so bad on the road and why the record is so bad. They just compound losses so easily. I don't know if all season, I don't know if I can think of a time where they lost the game, next night came out, looked great, and won the game. I really don't know. I really don't know. It probably has happened. I mean, they've played 37 games. It's probably happened where they've lost the game and won the next night comfortably or handily or looked like the better team. I'm sure. I can't remember it. It feels like every time they lose, that loss turns into three. Like every single time. Every time they go on the road, it's it's – maybe they'll win a game like every single time. It feels like it's gotten to that point. And that's why, that's why I think it may be time to just, you know, if you love something, set it free. It may be time to watch the ship sail into the sunset. It really might. Cause you can't do that. You can't let one loss become three. Every time you lose, you can't snowball losses. You can't let one game affect the next and then let those two affect the third. You can't. You can't. Teams are too good in this league. And especially the Detroit, like Detroit's got some guys. Detroit's fine as a team. They're not bad, but they're out-talented by quite a few teams. Their roster certainly probably doesn't deserve to be in the playoffs. Like they can't afford to just be fucking handing away games. They can't afford to just be, Eh, yeah, they got five games. We just will we'll take one point in these next three. Like, just not in a position to do that. You're really not. And they've had the runs. Like I said, they've had a couple stretches where they win a handful straight. Probably will do it again. Maybe that's just who they are. They're just a streaky team. Because when we get in the midst of one of those runs, like what was the one? They won five in a row at home. When you get in the midst of run, one of those runs and all of a sudden you're raking up two points every night, it's easy to look at the standings and go, uh-oh, yeah, we got a shot here. Like, in the midst of those runs, they're hanging – they're for real got a, sh- a chance at it. But as soon as they hit their skids every time they hit one, it's like, oh, that's tough to make up. Like, now we're at a point where we got to go on a heater. We got to win four or five in a row to just get back to sea level. We got to do that just to get back to like, all right, now we're within range. Now we got a real chance at this thing. And that just isn't sustainable. And it's especially not when your captain's out of the lineup with who knows what, when Ty or uh, Tyler Bertuzzi's getting his wrist fucking cut. When Lucas Raymond hasn't scored a goal in the 11 or whatever, when most Sider's going off in the middle of the game, like 
tough to do. Tough to do. I'm not giving up on the season. I'm still, you know, I think they're back at home now after this loss in in, uh, San Jose. It sucks, dude. Every night, every night they played on the West Coast. They were just terrible. Every single night I got them on my time. It was, it was pathetic. I watched them, the Kings game at the bar and it was like, dude, give me a little life. I fucking tricked the bartender. I'm sitting there. I know. Listen, I know. I'm not, I'm no rookie. I know if I go up to him and I say, Hey, can you put the Detroit Red Wings game on? He's going to look at me. Like I just asked them to buy a donkey off. him. like, he'll have no clue. Red Wings. Oh no, I won't put that on. Here's what I do. I go, Oh, excuse me, sir. Good, sir. Um, first off, just wanted to say you've done a hell of a job all night. Just every time I turn around, bang, you're right there cleaning up glasses, mopping down tables. So gr- really nice. Um, number two, could you put the LA Kings game on, please? Notice what I did there. Could you put the LA Kings game on? I didn't say Detroit Red Wings. I want to watch the Detroit Red Wings. I could give two shits about the LA Kings. Fortunately for them, they just happen to be playing the Red Wings. But they, I know. I know if I say Red Wings, he's going to see what the Red Wings. Why would I put that on LA Kings? Oh, okay. Yeah, we could put that on (laughs) fucking pull the fast one. And I got all, I was happy. I was like, damn, I'm fucking crafty with it. I could be like a video game character in a, in a game where you can't be detected hitman or whatever that one was called. Except I'm more clever than that. It would need to be like crash bandicoot, maybe something like that. I don't know. But I could do it. And then they got clapped 4-0. Anaheim, they lose in the shootout. So I guess they got a point there. And then tonight against San Jose, just tough, tough, tough scenes. Not giving up on them. They're back at home now. They got Winnipeg, and then they got Buffalo at home, and then they got Buffalo on the road, and then back at home for Dallas. They've got four winnable games. Dallas, tough game. They got four Winnipeg, too. They got (laughs) – they got – they got fine. They got a fine four games ahead of them. But you go on the stretch there, three at home, one at Buffalo, that's pretty favorable. Anytime you're at home, pretty favorable. Pull off three wins, four wins, yeah, we'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll come back on here. We'll talk, dude. We'll, we'll look at it again for sure. But the, these three games, these four-game losing, losing streaks, like it's you can't do it. There's too many good teams. Your division's way too loaded, bro. Like Pittsburgh still has Crosby and Malkin, like, you're not gonna you're not gonna go on multiple three four game losing streaks and keep pace with those guys because those guys don't do that. They they do it maybe once and that's it. Like they don't let that happen, and we don't have guys like that just yet. But we will, and they're gonna be even more abundant now, and even more talented, and even more refined, and even more well coached, and even more purebred hand selected Swedish. Because of our new ho- VP of Hockey Ops, the perfect human, the perfect VP, Nicholas Lidstrom. <laughs> what an intro. What an intro. Stevie, if you need something, you got a board meeting you need to introduce him at, let me know, dude. I'd be happy to write that up and fax it over to you. Great to have Nicholas Lidstrom back. Crazy. Kind of a crazy thing. Like, I didn't realize, I didn't know if this was, you know, being talked about. I didn't know if Nick Lidstrom was a hot name in the NHL front office market. I didn't know anything. I've seen Nick Lidstrom on the Swedish hockey channel a few times, breaking down Red Wings prospects. I didn't know he was trying to get back in the game though. I don't know. He wanted back in. He wants a seat at the fucking table. Dog. I got a a leather throne for you, brother. Why? I, I love it. How couldn't you? 
how couldn't you love the idea of two of the greatest Red Wings of all time, without a doubt, without a doubt, probably two of like, I don't even know the top five <laughs> Red Wings of all time. And there have been some fucking insane Red Wings. You think about the Red Wings, like all alumni team, there have been so many, so many legendary players. These guys are probably two of the top five. And they both are like, dude, we should, um, we should get together and just run the Red Wings. How sick would that be? We won a handful of cups when we played. What if we just went back, except now we're wearing fucking beautiful three-piece suits and we win a few more? How, what do you like? That'd be kind of dope, eh? Yeah, dude. It would be fucking sick. I'm jacked up. Nicholas Lindstrom and Steve Eiserman are just like, yeah, let's team up again. Bro, what? That's like Batman and Batman teaming up. That's not fair. Two Batmans? Crime in Gotham doesn't stand a chance, dude. They're going to be wishing there was crime again just to keep life interesting. Are you kidding? I don't know if Nick's, I know he's been, I think I've like read or heard that he's done some stuff for the wings. Like he'll, he'll go and take a look at a guy. If Eiserman's like, Hey, this dude, he's playing near you. You mind? Like he'll go take a look and report back. I know he's done a, a, a little freelance, <laughs> freelance scouting. I didn't know, you know, if he's doing that for Steve Eiserman, is he doing that for this guy over here? Is he doing that for that guy? I don't know if he's a fucking bounty hunter, NHL scouter. I didn't know if it was just the Red Wings. I didn't know if he was doing some scouting on his own time. Whatever the case is, I'm happy he's back, though. Because Nick Lidstrom, unbelievable player. One of the best defender defensemen of all time. Because his brain. Because he knows what he's doing. Because he knows exactly what it takes to be a top-tier defenseman. Not because he's the fastest or the biggest or he has the most incredible slab shot because he knows the game better than anybody, maybe, who's ever done it. Facts. Facts. And now he gets to join the fucking brain trust, dude. Brain trust might be an understatement of guys who also share a similar quality and they're all making the decisions together. Like Steve Eiserman could be doing this thing alone. Obviously not, not realistic, but we have the guy. Like we have the only guy who, who we need. We have professor X dude. Like I don't even need anybody else. And then you're going to throw in guys like Nick Lidstrom. Like I'd be happy with Steve Eiserman and a bunch of guys I'd never heard of running the show for infinity time because I just think Steve Eiserman is that good. I think he's the best GM in hockey. I think we've already seen. I mean, the Red Wings are turning it around. They're getting better season up by season. They're the young guys that Steve Eiserman's found already making impacts, which and he's got plenty more where those came from. And you're gonna throw in a guy like Nick Lidstrom, just a mind for the game. An all-time mind. A guy who was born, raised, lived. I don't know if he's going to move back to Detroit in Sweden. He knows Swedish talent. Like, he has connections upon connections. Bro, Sweden's going to be Hawken Anderson still with the Red Wings. It's going to be like the old days. It's going to fucking be the old days where the Red Wings are all Swedes. You mix in a couple other guys, and it's Swedes. And they win. Every fucking hockey game. And they're in the playoffs every fucking year. And they it seemingly, even though, I don't know, not really win every Stanley Cup, like they're going to be back there. Massive day. Massive fucking day for the Red Wings. Great 
great hiring. The biggest hiring they've had since they got fucking Heiserman, dude. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Like, even though the Wings, this losing streak sucks, and it sucks watching them play and watching them lose, and it's a game they should have won, it sucks. But, dude, it feels so good just knowing, like, we're going the right way. Like, this is this isn't even – this is – this is only the beginning. This is the beginning of the Red Wings. This is the beginning of the Steve Eiserman Red Wings. And we're still accumulating talent on the ice, but we're off accumulating, excuse me, talent off the ice with guys like Nick Lidstrom. I mean, <laughs> we're going to win a Stanley Cup in the next, I don't know, five years, eight years. We're going to win a Stanley Cup. Steve Eiserman's going to hoist that thing one more time at least. Like, it feels good. It feels bad at times, but at the end of the day, it feels good. And when you're pulling dudes like Nick Lidstrom, it's it's always sunny in Detroit. All right. That's all I got today. Um, I don't know. I may do another episode for Friday. I haven't really decided. I want to wrap up these. I want to wrap up the college football seasons. I want to do a Michigan, Michigan State episode, be done with football for a while. We kind of did the Lions yesterday. I don't know. Maybe I'll do another Lions one way down the road. But I kind of I might do that Michigan Michigan State one Friday, and then I might do um, next week two episodes. One being just the state of Detroit sports because this Lidstrom hiring got me thinking. Like, how great are sports in Michigan right now? You got Harbaugh at Michigan, Tucker at MSU. Fans seem to love both. They seem to both be doing a great job leading the programs in the right direction. Steve Eiserman, Nick Lidstrom and with the Red Wings, Hinch leading the Tigers, Dan Campbell, Brad Holmes, who I think people feel real good about. I feel fucking great about with the Lions. And then Dwayne Casey, who I think people are pretty indifferent on. But Troy Weaver, who people are bullish on for the Pistons. Like, it is a great time. There are good young athletes across all the teams. It is it's it's a very refreshing time to be a Detroit sports fan, and I kind of want to just dive into it. And then after that, it'll be college hoops, Stones Wings. So two more episodes next week, and then I think after next week we'll go back to one. All right, folks, that's all I got today. Appreciate everyone listening, all the supporters. Um, like I said, go back and listen to yesterday's episode or or Monday's about the 2022 plans, and I'll talk to you guys probably Friday. Thank you.